Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the plague. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we have a news and notes roundup for everyone. We're going to be talking about the latest in U.S. soccer investigation results and news. But before we get into everything, a quick reminder... To watch all our Attacking Third episodes, previews, recaps, interviews on YouTube, subscribe to our page to get notified whenever we go live at youtube.com slash Attacking Third. Lisa, we're back at it again. We sure are. We sure are. By week in the NWSL, we've got international breaks. So the U.S. played this weekend. Um, we get to see them play again against Spain, but there's still a lot of fallout coming from the Yates investigation and the results of that that were dropped early last week. And it's been about a, one week, exactly, because yeah. we're going live on this Monday. It's been one week since the in- independent investigation results dropped, and there's still been a lot of comments, a lot of outlash, or um, a lot of feedback coming, and, and a lot of uh, kind of watching the dominoes fall after all of this news came out. But it's always good to be back here with you, Sandra, jumping on Monday morning. Uh, we've got a busy day ahead of us, a couple episodes coming at everyone. So stay tuned today because we've got this uh, attacking third news and notes episode dropping for you right now. And then later this afternoon, we'll do a USWNT hour show at four o'clock Eastern with former U.S. internationals, a couple of them joining us to talk about the U.S. and the England match and, and all the news that's happening around the United States women's national team. But with you, Sandra, it's it's always great to be here with you. How are you, buddy? How was your weekend? How are you doing today? I'm doing I'm doing OK. You know, the 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 illusion of like a weekend off, right, with with no uh, NWSL like club games that are taking place, the regular season's ending. The next matches that we are going to dive into will be the quarterfinal matches, the playoffs. Will kick off. I know it's so, it's so it's madness to think about, honestly, but you know, that didn't mean that there wasn't any soccer to pay attention to this weekend. If anything, the opposite, the international window always opens the opportunity for uh, looks at uh, global play. And like you mentioned, we'll, we'll chat a little bit about that later uh, this afternoon. 
And we just sort of felt hopping on to this episode sort of kick off the week. Like you mentioned it, it is a week ago today uh, where the investigative report uh, was released by U.S. Soccer and uh, Sally Yates, the full findings and recommendations. Mm-hmm. And we thought it was a good idea to maybe come on this episode this morning and just sort of give a little bit of an update in terms of what has been the latest to uh, various reactions and or statements or potential um you know, responsible accountabilities that we can uh, notice and sort of pluck out and see what has happened. And what we've been doing here is there's there's a number of episodes. We've got obviously episodes that we did on this last week. If you need to get caught up, please know that those are available for you to take a look at. I believe we've got two episodes involving the, the Yates uh, report and updates and reactions to those as well. And um, this is actually just more. They, like you said, Lisa, they just keep coming out, um, so whether it's uh, statements from executives or ownership, uh, statements from players specifically. Um, we're, we're starting to see sponsors um, release statements of their own and, and and calling to actions, you know, from from them. So let's let's maybe start with um, probably one of the bigger ones that we sort of felt uh, that that kind of resonated over the week. Uh, Portland Thorns and Timbers sponsor Alaska Air. They this was one of the the sponsors that initially I think came out with with a statement, and then after obviously having some time to resonate with with that report, um, went ahead and, and released an additional uh, statement. They're redirecting their sponsorship funds for the quarter. Um, you know, so sort of funneling that into the appropriate channels that they see uh, would, would be better um, because they're what we're all doing and, and, and what this uh, Alaska Air has also taken a look at too. They, they're looking at the players and sort of what they're calling for and sort of kind of following mm-hmm. the players lead. So Alaska air says following calls from the players association to support their emergency fund, listening to the Portland fan community and speaking with team leaders to understand their progress underway. We are taking an immediate next step to redirect Alaska airlines, timbers and thorns FC sponsorship funds this quarter to the national women's soccer league players association, support the players emergency trust and to youth sports in Portland community. We entered into this partnership as a commitment to the Portland community, and that commitment has not changed. We will continue to seek input from players and the community to ensure our actions support meaningful change, and we will reevaluate our sponsorship based on clear evidence of progress. So pretty clear, pretty direct upsta- uh, statement with, yeah, uh, with an update from Alaska Air and some direct action in there as well. Completely. I think it's um, really a testament to kind of how much these players have impacted their communities and, and the, the sponsors that work with these clubs and, and sponsor travel for Portland and make sure they get where they need to be, that they're standing up for the players and sticking up for them. Because we saw uh, – it's just very interesting to kind of see how this is all unfolding. Because you and I, Sandra, we're very – um, involved in this world of women's soccer because our jobs, our passions, are, are this is what we do. And when all of this reporting initially came out last year from Meg Linehan and the athet- Athletic, there was a lot of reverberation that happened in, in terms of our worlds and you and I. But now, a year later, after the independent investigation and these results have dropped, it's it's almost like the reverberation has grown, which is exactly what these players deserve, is that 
everyone is talking about this story um, from NWSL fans to non-NWSL fans and sponsorships taking a stand and saying, hey, we're not going to support these players that continue to allow this abuse and mistreatment to happen in the league, that uh, giving the money that their sponsorship directly to support the players' emergency trust is huge within the Players Association. And this trickle effect has been happening over the last week from sponsorships coming out, um, from player statements coming out. And then in addition to that, other statements from Sherman Williams and Anheuser Bush and GE Appliances. Um, it, a lot of this coming out of these investigation results and then more so what the players have said in response to all of this, because a number of supporters groups have made statements and owners and clubs, but we um, actually heard from the players of Racing Louisville that the, the, the accusations against former Racing Louisville head coach Christy Holly were um, brought to light in this investigation results, and not a lot of people knew about them before. And now that it is out there that he – uh, was uh, allegedly abusing players and and everything that happened at Racing Louisville that was within these investigation results. Now the players get a voice, and we did hear from the players of of Racy, Racing Louisville um, saying that they were saddened and horrified by the findings of the investigation in the Sally Yates report, um, and and they're commending and supporting teammate Aaron Simon, former teammate who's no longer there, um, and all of the other courageous players that came forward and shed light on this. Uh, they're hoping that the NWSL and the NWSLPA joint investigation continues to uncover the remaining truths that these players deserve and they demand. The conclusion of the investigation will give much needed insight and recommendations on the future of the Racing Louisville Club and the systemic abuse that has plagued this league for far too long is infuriating and unacceptable. Um, I mean, this statement from the Racing Louisville players is deep and it definitely touched me. Well, I mean, it, it's also coming out like it, it's I think it's important to know that in terms of the timing of it, they actually put a, you know, they put a date on their statement when they released yeah. it. It was on October the 8th. So it was just just last just last week, the end of last week. And, you know, they obviously had had some time to sit mm -hmm. with the report themselves, sit with the news themselves, um, maybe even took a, 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 a day or two to perhaps see if their franchise, you know, would would make a statement and and we did see a statement from from president from racing president James O'Connor but uh the reaction right to 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 that statement um we we had seen some player and former like current and, and former player uh racing global player reaction to to that statement that it just sort of you know that it, it fell short uh it ultimately didn't uh it wasn't enough it just or it didn't feel like enough you know according to the players there wasn't a ton of um, actionable things within it. Um, and I think that is what this franchise, its supporters, its fans, its players, quite frankly, are looking for out of racing Louisville. Um, you know, there's been a lot of discussion. It's, it's not just this statement from the, the, the players of racing Louisville. We've heard from clubs as well within some of their recent statements that a lot, there is still like a little bit of a wait and see approach, uh, coming out of some of these statements, um, in regard to that joint investigation between, yeah. between the league and the NWSLPA. So with that, perhaps is, is maybe the one 
common thread within some of these statements mm-hmm. that we've been seeing from uh, like collective players and or uh, ownership and or franchises directly that there's this sort of highlighting of the joint investigation that is still ongoing and still has to ultimately be uh, released. There is no actual timeline and, and date on that at the moment. It's It's been a ongoing, let's say about as perhaps as long as, as the Yates investigation was going on. So I w- my assumption would be that that is also sort of nearing its end and, and getting tied up. Um, but that has been, like I said, the com the one commonality between some of these statements. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't blame the, pro- the players for wanting to have their own statement out there separate from the club, the racing Louisville franchise, um, especially if they felt that initial statement from president James O'Connor fell short. Um, and I can hardly, you know, you know, who can blame any of these players for perhaps not having a, a level of trust within leadership or executives from racing when they mentioned themselves, James O'Connor mentions himself in that statement that they also have to wait for the findings of, of uh, the joint investigation. And within the Sally Q Yates report, this franchise is listed as one of the three franchises that um, ultimately failed to collaborate and work with the Yates investigation. So there's, there's definitely a shadow over um, this Louisville franchise right now, especially one that um, perhaps wants to, you know, maybe preach accountability or, you know, transparency when what the players have been seeing and their supporters have been seeing up to this point has been the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think perhaps this week, as we're doing this on Monday, we will probably continue to see more statements like we saw from from sponsors like Alaska Air out of Portland. We saw additional statements coming out of of direct sponsors from Racing Louisville, Uh, GEG Appliances. They are the front jersey sponsor of, of racing they have also, you know, mentioned that uh, a statement of their own. They want to say that they're. They said that their financial support is a commitment to help close the gaps in the opportunity by, by female athletes. But uh, something that they are are noting as well. Uh, Sharon Williams also releasing um, a statement as well, similar to you know echoing the sentiments of of Alaska Air that they wanted to make a direct donation to the players national emergency trust they wanted to guarantee uh, our funds will go directly to the to the players essentially so we're starting to see a couple more actionable things maybe if not from the franchises directly themselves but we're absolutely seeing it um in other areas and in other ways from sponsorships the wait is over the shy returns with new episodes on paramount plus what brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. And that affects the clubs and the league directly when sponsorships are making um, huge, huge companies, right? You look at GE, you look at Alaska Air, Sherman Williams. These are giant companies that have a lot of uh, pull in a lot of sponsorship money, and these clubs need these sponsorships in order to to maintain and keep going forward. Um, and these 
sponsors coming out and saying, hey, we're giving our money directly to the players. It's just really the trickle-down effect that these players deserve, and there's so much more to it um, But that that's really coming from it. But that's in terms of of the sponsorship side of things, as we just talked about. And and as you mentioned, Sandra, within the Yates investigation results, um, there was a lot of uncovering happening around Christy Holly, a former coach in the league that was at Sky Blue FC, which is now known as Gotham FC, before he went to Racing Louisville and was hired as the expansion side's first head coach last year. And in this investigation, um, what we've known about um, maybe some of the other coaches and their involvement and rather the club's involvement with those coaches. When you look at someone like Paul Riley, who was most recently with the North Carolina Courage, he was previously with Portland Thorns before going to Western New York Flash, uh, which then got relocated to North Carolina. So the Thorns organization is directly impacted by um, Paul Riley's career in this league. And and similarly, at Racing Louisville, Christy Holly, he came from Sky Blue FC, now Gotham. So Gotham is directly um, responsible for keeping Holly uh, able to coach in this league because uh, he was there for a couple of years. It was reported by the U.S. Soccer and, and brought to light that um, – it, Holly was fired from Sky Blue, now Gotham FC, after the team complaints of emotional and verbal abuse by players and after an inappropriate relationship with a player creating a toxic environment for the team. And when Holly left Sky Blue FC, it was framed in the public eye as a mutual split between the club and coach. Um, and despite these allegations against him and um, perhaps the internal investigation at Sky Blue in in results to these complaints of emotional and verbal abuse and the inappropriate relationship with the player, it was not made public. And he was able to be hired by Racing Louisville as a club. Oh, and also he doesn't even have his coaching license. I mean, that's like a whole other thing. But because of that, Gotham FC, um, New Jersey, New York, uh, Gotham FC owner came out with a statement in Gotham um, spoke their words after this investigation now involves them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if it's maybe the rebrand has thrown people off a little bit, but uh, once upon a time, Gotham FC was sky blue and vice versa. Right. So, I mean, we're referring to, to Steven DeMaris, you know, who just, just the other day, cause we're, again, we're doing this on, on going live on Monday, but made a statement said he was going to be removing himself from club governance once again, mm -hmm. pending the results of the ongoing NWSL uh, and NWSLPA joint investigation. Um, just, you know, one, one of many names, right. Listed uh, throughout this, this final report, uh, this Yates report, um, you know, and just that Tamara's ultimately said that he intends to remain um, largely uninvolved in Gotham FC's day-to-day -day operations and would step aside for the time being um, and said, in addition to avoid any potential distraction to the club, I'm offering to remove myself from the club's government. So, um, you know, these, these very kind of, um, you know, small, but sort of feel like very temporary. Yes. Kind of steps, you know, um, again, all, all revolving around the joint investigation. And I'm, you know, I think I'm one of many in this space that are not holding their breath when it comes to what will ultimately be um, the full findings and or recommendations from the 
the joint investigation. I cannot imagine that there is going to somehow miraculously be some sorts of new um, information or new ad- additional uh, details that would somehow absolve uh, some of these parties that we have already uh, read about within the Yates report. I just have a hard time wrapping my mind around that. So these statements that are coming directly from persons, uh, mm-hmm. once again, named within this report and tying that around a joint investigation falls a little bit short for me, but I understand in the meantime, this that investigation needs to be given its due diligence and the same amount of attention that obviously uh, the one that was commissioned by U.S. Soccer as well, right? Because this one is a joint one with the Players Association. So we will see. Um, and I think in the meantime, um, it's 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 what we've been talking about up until this point, Lisa. It's just a bit of a wait and see. Yes. Yeah, it, it is wait and see to uh, kind of how these clubs um, respond and kind of what is the outfall of it. And we are in a, a bye week right now um, in the NWSL and within this league, but there was international play in the United States women's national team coming together with the England national team um, wearing teal armbands, coming together with a banner before their match on Friday saying protect the the players. So there is a, a ripple effect around the globe right now, especially within women's soccer. But I'm I'm in, incredibly curious to see what happens moving forward in the league because playoffs are starting uh, this upcoming weekend on the 16th. It'll be the quarterfinals of the NWSL. We saw last year when um, the reporting came out in the athletic that the players came together and, and at the six minute mark, in the game, they they stood together arm in arm with the officials, with both sides, and making a statement. Um, I, I, I'm curious to see what will come once playoffs start, right? Will there be yeah. another statement made by the players? Will there be specific armband wearing? Will there be something ceremonious before the game starts? Um, these players yeah. are incredibly brilliant and smart and powerful and strong women um, and, and players in this league that – are fighting for their voices to be heard. And I don't think it stops here, especially with the ripple effect of sponsorships and clubs now coming out and, and making some type of statements. There is more to come. There is more to come, especially following the results of the NWSL and NWSLPA joint investigation, which we're not sure when those results will uh, be determined, but um, there will be more to come after that. Yeah. It's something to keep an eye on for sure. I mean, Eventually, during this week, people will join us for for previewing, right, of, mm-hmm. of NWSL playoffs. I mean, we're, we're talking about there's a bye week right now. Uh, it's just going to be the quarterfinals, but eventually there will be mm-hmm. the semifinals. And, and Portland Thorns are are in the playoffs once again. Yeah. Chicago Red Stars will have a quarterfinal match coming up this weekend against San Diego. So, you know, are these going to be um, – are we going to continue to see – more player demonstrations, uh, you know, from, from these clubs. Um, we have often heard that the, the soccer pitch, the, the field, the game is, is the biggest platform for, for these players. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, and, and I would imagine that maybe those conversations are already happening, but it's some, again, it's something that we will absolutely have to keep, keep an eye on. And, um, you know, I, I love that you, you brought up the teal armbands with, between, 
England and the United States, it was a very powerful moment, you know, and um, uh, it was just one bit of, of solidarity between the two programs. There was also a moment of silence before kickoff. There was the taking of the knee after the first whistle. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of things, you know, that was collaborated between between those two programs before they took on that, that big game. And um, we'll have more on the actual game itself um, a bit later uh, alongside our uh, U.S. Uh, Women's National Team Hour. You can catch that at 4 p.m. Eastern. We will be joining you all again once more. We just we just can't stay away, quite frankly. Um, and we will also include within that a full United States Women's National Team versus Spain preview. So catch us for the recap and the preview a little bit later this mm-hmm. afternoon. There is news to talk about. Emily Fox is in concussion protocol. Uh, North Carolina Courage defender Carson Pickett has been called in her place. So stay tuned for more of our takes on that. Join us live for the United States Women's National Team Hour with former U.S. internationals to discuss the United States Women's National Team. Please make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third on YouTube to get the alert when we do go live today. Thank you all so much for listening to Attacking Third. Download, follow, and listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and review. It really helps us here out at the pod. And you can watch us too. Subscribe on YouTube to know whenever we'll go live. We will be back with more United States Women's National Team coverage today live on YouTube at 4 p.m. Eastern and then NWSL playoffs return this weekend. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third.